Greetings from Bishop Aubrey Shines and G2G Ministries in Tampa, Florida. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by the biblical message you are about to hear. Today's classic sermon from Bishop Shines will mark the beginning of a series entitled, At What Stage of Maturity Are You? The reference scripture for part one of this series is 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 in the Amplified Classic and Message Translations. Right, so stage one is infant stage. Now what I'm going to do in the next few weeks, and this is not going to take long, but again, let me just give you a prerequisite here and, and, and just bear with me. If you don't know what stage you are in, it's one thing. But to think that you're in one stage and you're not is a whole nother thing. I, I, I thought about this for several weeks, and I thought maybe I should just ask the people where do they think they are. But I, it, it, I have to be transparent. Had I done that, it would have been a setup on my part. Because what I would have done is I, I would have then asked you a question that you would have had to stand up and identify by the raising of your hand. But then once you read the scripture and find out where you really are, then you may have dealt with a thing called shame and or embarrassment. And I wasn't trying to shame anyone or, or make anyone feel embarrassed. I, I'm doing this because I realized something, and that is that when a person desires God's will in order to really ascertain it, to get it, they got to understand and identify where, where you really, really, really are. If I, for instance, if I were to take a moment right now and just ask you a question, how many of you desire the best of the best from God? Be honest, everybody would lift up their hands right now. Am I right? You, you really would. If I, if, I, if, I, if I made this personal and say you, you, you want the best, and in, in, let's just use the word stuff, whether things are uh, relationships or money, whatever it is. If I were to ask you, do you want the best things in life? How many would say, I want the best things in life? I'll prove this. Just, just bear with me, people. If I were to ask you a question, how many want the bottom of the bottom? You want, but you don't want nothing really wonderful because you just, it's just you and Jesus. And you're ready to bear it out. No one, if you're honest would lift up your hand because no one wants to view him or herself as a person that's just barely getting by. All of us want to live this life that Jesus said that we were called to live, and that's called a life of an abundant life. But if you notice, even in when Jesus said it, he said some would receive 30, others would receive 60, and then another group would receive 100. If I were to stop right there and I didn't tell you Jesus said it, and if I were to say this to you like this, at your job, would you rather make 30% or 60% or 100% of wherever your salary should be? Everyone would say, well, I want to make the 100%. But if I were to go on a little further and say, well, no, you're only qualified to make 30%, you would get mad at me. Or you would get mad at whoever hired you because you would feel, why does she get a chance or he get a chance to make 100% of whatever the top salary is in that area? And I'm doing the same job, but I'm only making 30%. How many know you would get an attorney real quick because you are being treated unfairly? Come on, give someone a high five. Say, he must be setting us up right now and we don't realize it. All right, I'm, I'm just trying to lay a good foundation here. Because I really do want you to get this. So stage one is going to be an infant stage. And there are certain spiritual dynamics that go with infancy. 
that this is the only thing that I need you to do. Please write this down on your paper, on your journal. Please write this down because this is really serious, people of God. Here's what I need you to write down. I must be honest with myself after this test. Go ahead, write it down. I must be honest with myself after this test. Now, again, it's going to take me three to four weeks. Don't show up and, and ask what was on the test because you weren't here. Because if you don't take the test, that means you got to wait to take the test. And that's just reality. So there are these stages. And again, you got to be honest with yourself. Most all of us like projecting that we are something that we're not. Because that deals with our pride. None of us want to look crazy. Come on, somebody talk back to me. None of us want to look like we're, we're at the bottom of anything. None of us want to pretend that, you know, that we're beneath anybody else. We know all the things to say to make us sound like we're all equal. But we know in reality, while we may all have equal access, we all don't live in an equal way. Everybody has equal access, but what you do with it is a whole nother issue. Now, you can believe groups that tell you you don't have access because you're too tall or too short or too large or too thin or too this color, too that. It's all a lie because history says it's a lie because we have too many people that have been able to achieve things that were in worse situations that you and I are in that didn't even use an excuse. Come on. Ain't no need of getting mad at your pastor. You're already in stage one, but we're going to deal with that in just a moment. And so here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here it goes. Man, this is, this is going to get hot in here, boy. I can tell you now. I hate his test. That's all right. This test is going to grow, grow you up. Now, three areas to, to use to access yourself. And, and one of them, please write this down, is called a proper view of yourself is vital. I gave that to you in a different way. Make sure you do it. Now, the one thing that is going to prove where you are Here's the key word, write it down. It's how do you speak? How do you speak? That is the line that I need every one of you to write down. How do you speak? In reference to what, Pastor? I'll get there in just a moment. How do you speak? What's your level of communication? How do you communicate? How does that work out? <clears throat> All right. I gave you some of the scriptures, and, and let's, let's go back over to uh, 13 and 11 one more time before I give you a few things that I want to make sure that you see. Let's go back. Uh, yeah. No, no. Let's go back to the amp one more time. Let's go to the Amplified Translation. Let's look at this in the Amplified. Nope. When I was a child, I talked like one. I thought like one. My reasoning was like one. I become an adult. I'm done with childish ways, and I put them aside. Let's do one more. Go to the uh, New Living Translation. Pull that up as well. I want you to see this from three angles. There's a reason why. Look at how the NLT says it as well. When I was a child, I spoke, thought, and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. There are some things that came out of that that every one of us need to see. And, and note one of the first things that the apostle lists here. 
And that was the way the child speaks. This is so important. Babies communicate, and you may want to take some of these notes down, because this is where you're going to see who you really are, what stage you're really in. Those that have been fortunate as grandparents or an aunt or an uncle, you don't have to have biological children to know how children respond. Just, just be a good auntie or a good friend to someone that has a child. Children have very basic ways to communicate. One of the ways that they communicate, write it down, is they communicate through crying. When they want something, they cry. Because they cannot articulate language to be able to say, excuse me, oh mother, in need of a bottle please at 7 o'clock. So the way that they do it is they begin to cry. So their first position is if they want to get something that they are in need of, they cry. Write it down. I'm going to deal with several of these in just a moment. Another way is you'll see their little bodies. I was thinking about my children. When they were small, how their bodies would react. Usually legs be kicking if they were happy or if they were going through a moment them legs were stiffen up in kind of way. You're going to see you in just a moment. Just tr trust me. These are just a few of these type of things that we watch children do when they want something. Let's bring it home. If you are a Christ follower, a Christian, when you want something from God or when you want something from someone else, if your way of getting it is through using your body to get it, your facial expression, how you respond, or how you don't respond, you are still dealing with an area of your life that you've never grown up in. It's going to get real quiet here. Because some of you are trying to look forward like you're looking at the screen like, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Well, I'm not finished with you yet. Often when we want something, either from God or someone else, and they don't respond the way that we want them to really respond, we throw what is called in adult language a temper. I got some honest folk on that side. You all on this side, point to the ones way down here and say, you might as well get with the program. If your response when someone doesn't give you what you hope that they should give you is that you use your emotion to get to them, you are still in infancy with your old self. You may be older than dust. But you're acting like a child. You don't get your way and you pout. You don't even have to say anything. But your face says everything. I'm staying here. See, y'all should have shouted amen eight minutes ago. You missed your window of shouting. So I'm going to bring this thing into you right now. When you don't get your way, some people don't say anything. Even if you ask them, hey, what's wrong? 
why you got to say something is wrong. Something must be wrong because of the way you respond. And if you didn't think anything was wrong, you never would have asked me. Therefore, your conscience must be dealing with you because why are you asking me if something is wrong if nothing was wrong in the beginning? It must let me know that you must be dealing with, mm -hmm, God has a way of dealing with you, don't he? You are, if that is the way you talk, <laughs> you are still in spiritual infancy. Look at your neighbor and say, stage one, come on. So if you're in stage one, you respond out as a child would an infant. That child cannot communicate uh, articulating words. They respond through their emotion. Mm. Emotion is crying. And we only think of crying in the sense of tears. But crying is much larger than that. When we, we, actually, when you study this thing out, crying is a way to manipulate to get what you want through any element of emotion. So if you are an emotional person, I better stay there, then you will only do something for someone that does something for you because you're really hoping that they're going to do it back to you. And, and, if, and if you gave them, then why ain't they giving you? Then you are still in stage one because that is the way a child acts. Oh, God, help the people in this place. I think I got a whole lot of grown-up infants in this place for some reason. Because if this was something that made your neighbor look bad, you would be saying, say it, pastor. But because you're not saying it, I must have pulled my car up in your driveway and I'm blocking you in. I'm not letting you out right now. Touch somebody and tell them he's going to keep his car right there. You might as well get with this program. No, if you hit my car, I'm calling the police. I'm suing you for hitting my, it shouldn't have been in my driveway. That's another child right there. When you respond based on how someone else respond back to you, you are still in stage number one. Because I can only do you good, or, or I, I, I can only do you good if you've done good for me. If I think you're going to do something for me, then I'm going to do something for you. But I'm not going to do jack for you if I don't think you're going to do jack for me. Because mama didn't raise no fool. Therefore, see, you hear that, how that language sounds? That is the sound of a child. <laughs> I called you. But you didn't call me back. I show you. Next time you call me, I just won't pick up my phone. I know you were paying attention because I watch your Facebook page. So I know you wasn't that busy because you was talking to someone else across the nation. But you busy. To, but you couldn't take time to call me. Stage one, you're still in infancy. I wanted to get together with them, but I guess I'm not invited to that group. When they go out, they just go out by themselves. So I'm going to get me a group and we're going to go out by ourselves. Stage one. How she get that man? She done had 10. I'm still working on one. Stage one. 
I'm not kicking it with anybody anymore. All men are dogs. Have you dated all of them? Maybe that's the problem. Put up your finger and say stage one. I don't trust nobody because I know what it's like to be hurt and I'm never going to let nobody ever hurt me again. Stage one. <laughs> Will you just lean over on somebody and say, my God, my God. Come on, say, why has the Lord seemed like he has forsaken me? You know what a baby desires? Please write this down. You know what a baby desires? A baby desires, not necessarily in this order, but a baby desires to be pampered. <laughs> Come on. I, see, it's a different level of pampering. I'm going to get there in a few weeks. But right now, I got to deal with you where you are. A baby wants what they want when they want it. They want now. And they're not willing to endure nothing. They want their diaper changed. They want to be fed. <laughs> they want to be burped. That means they want somebody to, you know, pat them. And they want it now. If you are a Christian and everything that you look for is called right now gratification. Stage one. You know, when I was in the world and I wasn't serving Jesus, at least I was happy. I came into the church and I saw all those hypocrites. You know, the real reason Pastor Shines, I don't go to church is because it's just too many hypocrites in here. Stage one. You don't say that about anything else other than the house of God. You don't say that about eating. Oh, don't you look at me that, that tone. Some of us have gotten sick by eating certain things that we shouldn't have eaten and maybe things we should have eaten. But you just say, you know what? Now that this hamburger's made me sick, I'm never going to eat another piece of food in my life. You lie. You, the moment your tummy felt better, you put some Campbell's soup and it got you some crackers and got you a Sprite or 7-Up or ginger ale to settle your stomach. You didn't give up on food. But you give up on God. Have you ever thought, you little baby you, that maybe the enemy set the food up like that for a reason? To get you away from eating out of the house of God? I would go to church, but people are going to judge me based on the decisions that I made. You are an infant. Why wouldn't you want to be in a place that would be honest with you to tell you the truth about where you are in your spiritual walk with the Lord? I didn't say it wasn't going to hurt. I just simply said it's the best place to be. I won't stay here very long. There was a long time I had friends that would never go to the dentist. Mm. Don't look at anyone's mouth right now, please. <laughs> just, just refrain. Rebuke that thing. It'll move away from you. But how many know as you got older, taking care of your gums and your teeth are essential? 
not just for your mouth, but studies prove that even for your heart's sake, if you have built up a plaque in your gums, it is often a sign that you're going to eventually deal with some form of a stroke or a heart attack because the residue of that poison is settling up in your gums and as a result, it kind of trickles down and begins to close up the valves and you begin to look back over your life and say, you know, I wish I would have gone to the dentist more. I wish I would have had more cleanings more. I wish I would have fixed those cavities. Because the dentist is unpleasant, we won't go as often as we should. Let me make it spiritual. The house of the Lord can sometimes be unpleasant. But the best way to get healed is to go often. That way you can overcome whatever it is that you're dealing with. <laughs> Let me make it about me then. Because some of y'all ain't going to say man unless. Well, just tell about yourself. I'm t be nice, Aubrey. Don't. Man, I almost said something. I shouldn't have said that. Ooh, that close, boy. <laughs> that right on the lips. I was going to talk about one of your parents. But anyway, <laughs> here's the reality. Have you ever been to church? I have and heard something that hurt. And it made you look at you. I have. God knows I have a million plus five million plus eight million more times. I never take the position I'm not going to go because I don't want to hear that anymore. I realize I need to hear that. Why? Because if I'm ever going to grow up, I got to grow out of always being hurt when I don't get pampered. If you are an individual that your life consists of who pampers you in your life, whether or not they compliment you. Oh, God. Let me go a little further. If what you do is for the purpose that you can be complimented, stage one. If what you do, and nobody ever pays attention to what I do, stage one. I work in the church as hard as those elders work. Nobody ever says anything to me, stage one. You're doing it for the wrong reason. You're looking for comfort. You're looking to be pampered. That's not how an adult acts. Do I have any parents here? I'm not going to get into stage three and four right now. But parents, let me appeal to you for just a moment. Have you ever had days that you didn't feel like going to work? Come on. But you had mouths that needed feeding and little shoes that needed to be put on little feet. And it wasn't about how you felt. It was about your responsibility. And your responsibility was bigger than your emotion. You can be sicker than sick. You're going to find a way. You're going to take a cabinet full of something since your faith ain't working. And you're going to make sure. <laughs> no, it's nothing wrong with taking stuff. But you should believe God first, by the way. But you'll find a way is my point. See, infancy says, I want to be pampered it's about me. All attention. You ever see a baby smile when they get what they want? It's the most prettiest little thing in the world. You, what do we do as parents when we see it? We dote over them. Oh, look at that little baby. We just, when I kiss and hug some of the babies here, I still do the same thing. Especially if they don't smile at their parents or whoever's around them. I say, I'm the pastor. I got the special touch. Because it makes us feel good when we're watching them feel good. See, watch this. Stage one of an infant believer 
is when it's all about you. When everybody dotes on you, then what you do is predicated on somebody responding. I hope you're getting that. If what you're doing is for the purpose to get someone to respond to it, you are still in a stage one. And you're like a little child in the spirit. It's not about who notices you. It's not about who pays attention and celebrates you for your good deed. It's not about them bringing you a bottle, rewarding you for crying out to them. Infancy won't allow you to ever grow up from that. Would you whisper and tell someone, but it's time to grow up. Come on. <laughs> Lean over and tell someone else, it's time to grow up. Can I, give you two other, can I give you two other ways you can prove whether or not you're an infant? Please write this down. Please write this down. How do you pray? How do you pray? What does your prayers consist of? If your prayers are always about you, stage one you want to know how a person aware he or she is spiritually watch the time if it's all about what's going to make your life better i don't care how i don't care what tentacles those, that area goes in it could go in the area of relationships it could go in the area of money that's that's the small portion of it but if your prayers are always about how it's going to benefit you you're still in stage one. If the majority of your prayers stay in that, what's called that sphere. And that simply means that when I pray, I'm praying that God will satisfy me in this area. Well, again, whether it's finance, whether it's relationship, whatever it is. If it's all about how you, it's, if it's all about getting back to you, making you a better you, you are still in stage one. Oh, there's a time to pray for you. But if you go back and study even the way the Lord taught us to pray, the, we were the smallest portion in that prayer. You all remember what you all call the Lord's Prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed, which is a worship term, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive those as we do what? And lead us not where? So this was never about us. This was about the bigger purpose of God. It was about, notice how it started, our Father which art in heaven. The first place that infants don't start is doing something that re re involves someone else. Our, that first prayer was really about the reverence of God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed. That word hallowed is a sacred term in the Hebrew language. It just simply means how beautiful and majestic is the God that we serve. That before we ask him anything for us, we are reverencing him. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. If you read the Greek and the Hebrew, it literally says this. Come thy kingdom and be done thy will it's never starting with us spiritual infants always start with you so if your prayers are predicated upon how it's going to enrich your life give me the next job give me the next promotion touch my crazy wife touch my crazy husband touch the boyfriend that I like touch the girlfriend that I like make my kids obey me if that is your prayer <laughs> stage 
Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you mighty quiet in here. <laughs> tell them last week you were on the chandelier. <laughs> now you're sitting like little church mice. Y'all just as quiet, mm, praise the Lord. Y'all act like y'all came off that fast and got consecrated. As the old mother told me down in Alabama when I was preaching once, and she meant it. She didn't mean to butcher up the language. But mama just, I guess that was the language. She, she said, young man, you're one of the most consecrated men I know. I said, thank you, mama. I didn't tell her it wasn't consecrated, but if she wanted me, con I don't know what consecrated is, but I think I know what mama meant. Bless her heart. Some of us, our prayers are solely about how we're going to achieve something. Our business idea. Bless me for this. Bless. See, again, it still centers around an infant thought process. How my business is going to get off the ground. Oh, God, let me stay here for a moment. When am I going to be happy? I hate you. <laughs> I know y'all don't believe saints talk like this. I happen to know better. I can't stand you. I never should have been with you in the first place. I'm getting me a new love. I'm looking for my mama told me not to get with you anyway. <laughs> that's why your mama's alone. But that's a whole nother issue. Drop the bomb. Booyah! There it is. See, if it's all... <laughs> I'm trying to help some of y'all. See, this ain't church like you grew up in. The kind of church most of us grew up in. I heard the Bible saying, Oh, Lord, Jesus, he was walking on the water. And I saw him move one day. And when he moved, I said, Gene. He said, what boy? I said, Gene. What boy? Gene. I said, what boy? I said, let me come out on the water. Look at him. He's up dancing already. And all of a sudden, heaven and earth begin to move. And I said to myself, I'm going to get where I need to go in life. I better stop playing with this thing. Julian is feeling good to me right now. And if I keep on preaching like this, my old school going to come out of me. I used to be an evangelist. And I would go across the nation. And I would say, if God has done anything for you, lift your hands and shout glory in the house. <laughs> Look at some of y'all got anointed. Look at your neighbor and say, you got anointment, child. <laughs> Now, let me just say this. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing wrong with that style. It's nothing wrong with it. When I go to certain places to preach, I can't teach. Because they'll look at me and think, he ain't consummated. <laughs> he ain't been with Jesus. <laughs> So Paul did say, I became all things to all men that I may win some. So if I got to, then I'll do good to do. <laughs> but see, 
<laughs> Pastor Billy, I'm sorry, man. That thing got good to me up there. <laughs> when I saw Julia stand up, I went, hey, God, Jesus. <laughs> I have some old footage. I won't tell y'all where it is because y'all go find it on this internet. I'm so sick of this internet, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I have some old footage where I was preaching so hard, I, I was soaked. Everything on me. They came out. I thought I was having at the a moment at the hollow. I'm not kidding. I had oh four. They came out and put a cape on me. <laughs> if y'all don't know nothing about James Brown, you just missed that whole point. Uh, well, what does a cape mean, honey? We'll explain it later to you. How we pray, please hear me sincerely. How we pray is indicative of the stage that we're in. So again, I'm asking you to be honest with yourself. If your life is consumed with whether or not you're happy, can I suggest you're still in an infancy stage? Because mature people, and I don't want to spoil it for you, but you're going to be shocked to find out what adults spiritually deal with. Because so many of us have been coming to church because church makes us feel a certain way. Can I burst your bubble? Church is not about a feeling. It never was intended to be. The apostle said that his purpose and the leader's purpose, and let me give you just a quick synopsis. He said, the purpose of a leader is to bring you to a place of rebuke, encouragement, reproof, instruction, and, and, and to make sure that you're edified. Well, how many know that growing up is not always doing it the way you want to do it? If you're just, if you're, if you're having a real honest moment, uh, when most of us, when we grow up, the reality of it is uh, we don't even desire to eat the same things that we ate when we were younger. <laughs> Dr. Gann said, hopefully. And usually when those people never change, they have their bodies react because they're still eating even as adults the same way. I hope you don't mind me saying this. I know my elder don't. But Elder G and, and several dozen of us here, we took our bodies a little more serious. And, and, and I, you know, you're young. Some of you are young. You, you can't understand this right now because you can eat all day stuff. It won't bother you. Grow up and you realize the same thing that you're eating. It's not going to respond to your body as you get older. It's just not. There were times you all have portillos here now. I grew up with all that stuff. My friends, people had Italian, a lot of my friends were Italian. I grew up with Italian beef sandwiches. I hated McDonald's. I thought McDonald's was a joke. Because where we ate at, we had beef that had marinated for three days. I'm not kidding. With French roll and dip it in the, in the sauce. With sweet peppers and hot peppers we had we didn't have little seats to go sit down when we ate beef sandwiches our beef places you had to stand up they had a a, a little thing to put your food on and the purpose was to lean back like this no I'm serious because that's where the the aju was going to drop down that's juice for you you dignified people that don't know what consecration really really is and uh, it would just flow off of you Y'all have one now here, but, but we would eat three and four of them as teenagers. We'd woof these things down. 
tamales with french fries and you wash it down with two chocolate shakes real shakes not this chemical addictive stuff they just had milk and cream and sugar and ice and it was cold oh my god and we could eat like that all day. We would pull over and have three and four uh, uh, chili dogs in one setting and just consume them, woof them down. We would buy a half a cake just for two people sitting in our cars. Hey, man, don't eat my side. And we cut the cake in half. After woofing down a couple beef sandwiches and some fries and chocolate shakes, by the way, and then we'd share a half a cake. And didn't gain a pound. We go to the basketball court. Oh, we had game. <laughs> and we didn't do, you know, wasn't no beer drinking, man. We wanted the real stuff. We got milk cold milk we'd have some we'd pay some kid to go to the store a couple blocks away and bring back a gallon and two of us would stand or three of us and we'd stand hey man don't put your lips on it man hey man I kissed it already up to God I wanted to touch your lips man don't touch my milk man come on and we'd stand like little calves and we would literally go down I'd drink a whole half a gallon in a setting but when you got older Don't you eat that stuff. You wake up with indigestion. You wake up belching, making sound. Where did that come from? Because infants do something that adults can't do. They're wiser. They realize putting all that stuff in you ain't that healthy anyway. So many of us spiritually still eat the same infant food. Because it tastes good. The Bible says that Infants desire and should desire the sincere milk of the word, but strong meat belongeth to them that are mature adults. So if you're an infant and you only like the gospel that makes you feel good, you're still in stage one. I want a gospel, I want a church that's going to make me feel good, ain't never going to deal with a social issue, never going to address a, wow, Lord, he, I knew it was a setup, ain't going to ever deal with any of this kind of stuff. Just let me go to church and just be happy. Maybe I can find me a, a husband or a wife or something, a dog or cat, anything. Lord, I'll take anything right now. See, that's infancy, people. Maturity makes you grow up. Maturity says, no, you can't keep doing the same stuff all your life. You got to grow up at some point. Can I finish here? Because I don't want to lose some of you here. Some of you realize that you're infants and didn't even know you were infants. And now you're mad at me because I didn't told you you're a child. <laughs> Let me give you the last thing I want to give you. This is it. It really is. What do you ask for from others? In your relationships, please write it down because that really is a sign. Just a few points I want to give you out of this one paragraph. What do you ask for for others in a relationship? I'm not talking boyfriend, girlfriend necessarily. I'm just talking about girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boy, whatever. Guy friend, guy friend, lady friend, lady friend. I got to be careful how I use terms. 
Some of y'all get all uptight. I don't get uptight with that stuff. I'm sorry. I still have friends that when we see each other, we hug and we kiss. Male, female. I was raised in a culture that just, I still hug and kiss my boys. I know some of y'all, I can't do that. Yeah, well, I'll deal with you in the second generation, second stage. We'll get you. What do you ask for from others? If you're having a relationship, and again, this doesn't mean that this is outside of being platonic as well. I'm just saying relationship. However, however you want to use it, is it about you? Is it about when y'all get together, it's what you want to do? What about when y'all go out to eat? Is it always what you want to eat? Is your relationships one-sided? Those are all signs of what I call spiritual infancy. What happens when you don't get what you believe you should get? As I said earlier, do you throw these fits? What about when somebody, here's the last point. Here's the last point. When someone corrects you, please write this down. When someone corrects you, what, you got to be honest, what is your first response? Do you defend your position? Or are you open to hear a thought that may not coincide with what you've been doing for a long time? See, if you're still trying to defend something that God, hear me, please hear me, please hear me, people. When you have to defend something that God does not defend, doesn't mean that someone doesn't love you. I better say that again. I'm closing my Bible. When you have to, when you... Please hear me. Here's a sign of infancy. When you have to defend something that God is against, God doesn't go for, but you have to defend it because you're doing it. You're in it. And you point to other people, what they doing, they doing, they doing. That is a sign of infancy. When you can defend what God does not defend, you're still in stage one. As you close your Bibles and you close your notebooks, I want to challenge you. In the next few weeks, it's, it's going to get a little different. But we're going to see who you really are. More importantly, you're going to see who you are. Why are you doing this, Pastor? One, the Lord gave me instruction to do it. And I understand in part, not all, in part of the reason is because God is preparing us for the next phase of some great things in our lives. But you would never give an infant the keys to the car. Not because you don't love the child. Because that child is not ready to drive yet. God is preparing us for the next drive. I'm trying to grow some of you up. That you can steer the automobile. But if you don't grow up. It's not that the father hasn't provided for you. It's just that you're not ready for his provision because you're still acting like an infant. As you stand, I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads. I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads as you're standing. Heads are bowed everywhere. This is probably the most important part of this moment. After we have heard the word of the Lord, what will we do with it? As your heads are bowed, after we have heard the word... From the word of God, what do we do with it? Do we ignore it?
If you do, you're acting like an infant. Do we say, God, then help my heart deal with whatever it is that I need to deal with? That's a beautiful place to be. It doesn't mean that you're going to be perfecting in it overnight, but at least you're acknowledging where you are. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you got to be sincere about this. Would you repeat this with me? Say, God, I believe. Say it again. God, I believe. That over 2,000 years ago, you died. Three days later, you were resurrected. I believe you have a purpose in my life. Number one, that I may know you. Not just in your power, but also in your suffering. Help me. Help my understanding. I ask you, Father. Help me to grow up and stop acting like a child. I will serve you. I will be dedicated to your purpose. And as much as it may bother me personally, I'll grow from this experience. I'll learn from this experience. And I'll be in church because being in church is a sign of maturity. Being out of church is a sign of infancy. So God, use me. Wash me in your blood. The same blood over 2,000 years ago that was shed on that tree. Take that same blood. Wash my mind. Wash my heart. Wash me that I may be clean the way you have defined cleanliness. And I'll live and give as you have purposed for me to do so. So while my eyes are closed, I lift my hands. Every hand lifted. Every hand lifted. Every hand in this house lifted. Every hand lifted. Thank you. While your hands are lifted, now say again with your eyes closed, Jesus, it's not about me. It's about you. I believe you have placed me in this place today that I could hear the gospel and I wouldn't be embarrassed. I may see myself in areas that need correction, but I'm in the right place. And I believe, Jesus, you love me so much. You allowed me to be awakened, to drive here, to have clothing, that I could hear your word. So use me, and I'll give your name all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. We hope this message has been a blessing in your life. To hear more inspiring, transformative messages, visit glorytoglory.org and make sure you follow and like us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.